Bibles, please open them to Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 1, and I'm going to skip to the key verse for today. Luke chapter 24, verse 1 says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And then in verse 13, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of conversations are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? Hast not thou known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been that he should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made an astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. When they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even so as the women had said. But him they saw not. Then he, that's Jesus, said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? I want you to note, if you will, that our text is taken from Luke's record of what we commonly call the road to Emmaus. On this road to Emmaus, Jesus began a conversation with two believers. Only one person's name is mentioned. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, as we share now your word, remove all distractions Remove our hindrances. Don't allow, oh God, any uh, malfunction of equipment, any concerns about the here and now to, con to confuse us and to keep us from hearing your word. Open our hearts and our minds. Open our ears that we might receive your holy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The subject that I would like to use for today's message, have a little talk with Jesus. Have 
a little talk with Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is the foundation of the Christian faith. Without the resurrection, the belief in God's saving grace through Jesus Christ is destroyed. It's null and void. When Jesus rose from the dead, he confirmed his identity as the Son of God and his work of atonement, redemption, reconciliation, and salvation. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ was a real, literal raising of Jesus' body from the dead. Jesus was arrested. He was tried. He was found guilty of claiming to be a king. His body was hung on a cross between two thieves. And after his death, Jesus' body was wrapped in linen clothes and placed in a tomb with a large stone rolled across the opening. But on that third day, on that early Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and another Mary came to the tomb and found it empty. Sitting on the rolled away stone was an angel of the Lord who told them not to be afraid because Jesus was risen just as he said he would. And the women left to tell the disciples that Jesus Christ himself met them and showed them his nail-pierced hands. Both the Old and the New Testament speak of the truth of Jesus being raised from the dead. We as Christians have this hope, this assurance that because he lives, we too shall live. The gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, record the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. They record his miracles. They record his parables. They record his healings. They record his teachings, his sermons. They record the things that Jesus did and said while he was on the earth. Matthew, Mark, and Luke wrote from a very similar persuasion and oftentimes you'll find their stories uh, recorded in all three of those Gospels. But the text that we are focusing on today, the Emmaus Road and that conversation, is only recorded by Luke. Luke was the only one who took note of this conversation that took place between Jesus and two other individuals on the road to a place called Emmaus. Let me help you to understand what happened on that Easter Sunday morning. I know on last Sunday we talked about Job and how Job said he knew that his Redeemer lived and that he would stand with him on that day. And I know that in many of our minds, the message of Easter is the message that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And that is certainly the most important message of the Easter celebration, that our Savior, who was dead, is now alive, never to die again. But that was not all that happened on that day. It's all recorded right here in Luke. I'm going to just walk you through somewhat quickly some of these key verses, just to sort of help you to understand how this gospel message came to be. And I'll be making reference to Matthew, Mark, and Luke 
if you just listen and follow along, you'll be able to keep up with the scriptures that I'm going to reference. First of all, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ occurred very early on that Sunday morning. Very early. We don't know the exact hour. Matthew said that an earthquake was sounded. An angel descended, opened the tomb, and it was early in the morning. We also learned from reading the Gospels that there was a woman by the name of Mary Magdalene and another Mary, perhaps uh, uh, Mary the mother of James and Salome. And they would, there were some other women present. Again, I'm summarizing what the three Gospel writers tell us. They went to a place called the sepulchre. The sepulchre or sepulchre is a grave cut in a rock or a stone. It is a place where the dead are buried or laid to rest. It's like a, 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 a cavity. It's like a, a, a cleft in the rock. It's a place where the body is placed inside a hollowed room. And that is what is meant by the sepulchre. You might simply call it a tomb, a vault, a burying place, a grave. Jesus' body was placed in a tomb, in a grave. Next thing we know is that Mary Magdalene is said to have gone to the tomb before the others. We find this out when John gives his account in John chapter 20. And so we would say that was probably about 5.30 in the morning, if you want to use our uh, calendar today to give you some sense of time. Her companions also reached the sepulchre a little bit later on, and they had a vision of an angel and were given a message which they were to take to the disciples. So what I want you to understand is that the first persons to see the risen Christ was Mary Magdalene and the women that came along with her. None of the apostles were at the grave. Not one of them. The women were the first to see the risen Savior. And then the text goes on in Luke and other Gospels to describe the events that occurred on that day. So we have here, early in the morning, Mary going to the grave of the sepulchre, looking to anoint the body of Jesus, but his body was not there because it had been risen from the dead just like he said he would. Now, there's some things we need to understand about this text and about Mary. First of all, we need to understand that she loved the Lord. She and the women who went with her loved Jesus. They were concerned about him. They were going there to minister to his dead body. They were going there to anoint it with oil and fragrances to keep down the smell that no doubt would come when someone's body had uh, decayed. They were convinced that he had been killed. They had witnessed his, crucif his crucifixion. And so they knew that he was dead. But what I want you to also understand is that they forgot that he said on the third day he would rise again. And you know, I believe today that many of us have forgotten what Jesus says. We know his word. We can quote his word. But do we actually live as though his word were true. One writer said they asked the women, why are you seeking the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. 
just like he said he would. Jesus is not dead. He is alive and well, just like he said he would. Our main text for today and the main message for today, however, begins with verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus. Now, we don't know who these two individuals are. Fortunately, we have the name of one, and that person's name is said to be Cleophas. That's the only name that we are given. We don't know if these were two women, two men, a man and a woman, but one thing we know for sure is that there were two people on that same day, they were walking to a village called Emmaus. The King James translation says it was about three score furlongs. That's about seven miles. They were walking about seven miles and they were walking and talking together. But all of a sudden, a third person joined the conversation and that was Jesus Christ himself who had been risen from the dead. Look at the text. And as they talk, verse 14, together of all those things which had happened. And you know, people are talking. People are talking today. They're talking about the events that are happening in our world. They're talking about wearing face masks. They're talking about the coronavirus. They're talking about loved ones who are dying. They're talking about a president who's losing his mind. They're talking about a Congress that won't take a stand. They're talking about the events that are happening. They're talking about losing their jobs. They're talking about they can't pay their bills. They're talking about their health conditions. They're talking about their loved ones that they can't see. They're talking about their loved ones that they can't bury. People are talking. They're talking to one another. But oh, my friend, I urge you today to have a little talk with Jesus. So Jesus came in and he uh, just sort of uh, gently entered into the conversation. It says it came to pass in verse 15 that while they were communing together, while they were talking together, while they were reasoning together, Jesus drew himself near and went with them. They were walking on the bike trail. They were walking along the road together. And all of a sudden, here comes this man and he begins to walk with them. But the Bible says in verse 16, their eyes were holding that they should not know him. What does that mean? Their eyes were holding. It means that God had blinded their eyes. They weren't blind in a physical sense, but they were not able to perceive who Jesus was. And it was because God did not want them at that time to know who he was. I want you to notice some things that we can learn from this text. And I believe that these messages are relevant for us today. The first thing that we can learn from this text is that we must recognize when Jesus is trying to get our attention. 
Although these two unnamed disciples knew who Jesus was, they did not recognize him. Even though he was right there in their midst, they knew a lot about him. They'd been witnesses to all the things that he had done while he was in Jerusalem. They'd heard about him. They'd read about him. They knew about him, yet they were not able to recognize him when they saw him. You know where I'm going, don't you? He's with us today. He's walking right with us walking beside us in our very midst, yet we don't recognize who he is. We don't even realize that he's in our midst. We're walking, we're talking, we're talking to one another, we're house partying, we're Googling, we're FaceTiming, we're tweeting and texting and emailing and we're doing all kinds of things, talking about what's going on around us, and yet we don't realize that Jesus is right there with us. But we need to have a little talk with Jesus. First of all, the original language conveys the sense that they were kept from recognizing him because God had a purpose in blinding their eyes from reality. He's not being cruel. He just wanted to help them to understand how important it is to know when he's trying to get our attention. Secondly, they did not recognize Jesus because the events that were happening were not happening the way they expected them to happen. They didn't understand what was going on. They knew Jesus was the promised Messiah, but they had seen him nailed to a tree. They knew he was the savior of the world, but they saw him buried in a tomb. They knew he had come to be king of the universe, but they saw the wicked men put him to death. So they could not understand what was going on. But rather than talk to Jesus, they were talking among themselves. They were saddened. They were discouraged. They did not know what was going on. And oh, my friend, today, the same thing is happening. Jesus is trying to get our attention, but we don't even realize that it's him. We're looking around, we're talking around, we're trying to figure it out, we're calling the CDC, we're watching CNN, we're watching MSNBC, we're looking, we're talking, but we don't realize that Jesus is right here. Have a little talk with Jesus. In the Gospel of Matthew, in the 24th chapter, Jesus told us what the end time would be. He told us what it's going to be like. He said two men are going to be in the field and one taken, another left behind. He said it's going to be that way, but we don't recognize when Jesus is trying to get our attention. These two that were walking and talking with each other didn't even realize that Jesus was right there with them. They had a preconceived idea of who Jesus was, what he would come to do, and how he was going to do it. But when things did not turn out the way they thought, they dismissed the whole thing as a mere failure and misplaced their hope and their trust. 
they had given up. They thought Christ was dead. They didn't see any way out. The second thing is they had little faith. I remember reading of a man who came to Jesus and asked Jesus to heal his son. And Jesus, if you can, he said. Jesus said, it's not if I can, it's if you can believe. The man said, sir, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe today that there's somebody listening to me who believes, but yet you have some unbelief. We're living in difficult times. It's painful to hear about our loved ones being sick with this virus. It's painful to hear about our loved ones dying here and there and every hour. It's painful to realize that thousands of people are dying every single day and we don't know why. But the problem is we're talking to each other instead of having a little talk with Jesus. We need to be careful not to make the same mistake that these two made. They were discounting what God had done because they could not understand what was going on. God often uses natural things to accomplish his will. He also does things that we can neither explain nor understand. The two disciples knew that Jesus had been crucified. They knew that he was buried. They went to the grave, but they didn't see his body. And so they didn't know what was going on. But Jesus himself came and he walked with them. But what he did, first of all, he tested them. He said, what are you all talking about? What's going on? He gave them a chance to admit their fears. They said in so many words, well, Jesus of Nazareth, our Savior, has been crucified. And we don't know where his body is. They were saddened. But verses 27 through uh, 31 tell the story. Verses 27 through 31 just bring new light on this text. It says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus realized that their eyes were blinded, and so he opened their eyes by expounding to them the scriptures. I don't know the scriptures that Jesus read to them or recited to them, but I believe that he may have told them about Genesis 3.15 where God cursed the serpent and said, I will put hostility between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, and he will strike your head and you will bruise his heel. I don't know if that's the verse that he told them about, he may have told them about Zechariah when he said, Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the house of David and all the residents of Jerusalem, and they shall look at me whom they have pierced. I don't know what scriptures Jesus quoted to them, but he shared with them the holy word of God. Maybe he told them the scripture from Isaiah. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. Whatever the case was, he had a talk with them. And after talking with Jesus, their eyes were open and they began to see things totally different. 
If you're here today and you're discouraged, if you're here today and you're concerned about what's going on, you think that this thing called this coronavirus is incurable, if you think that there's no way out, you see murder and, 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 and hatred and rape and violence all over the world. You see people losing their homes, losing their jobs, and you feel like this must be the end. Have a little talk with Jesus. That's what they did. These two began to talk with him and, and he began to open their eyes and he opened their understanding and they left there with a new perspective. It is my hope and prayer today that you who are listening to this word will leave here with a new perspective that you'll understand that Jesus is trying to get our attention. The next thing Jesus did, he revealed himself to them. He allowed them to see who he was. I want you, my friends, today to see who Jesus is. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's our King. And when we see him, we can't keep it to ourselves. After they realized who he was, after their eyes were opened, after they had that little talk with Jesus, they went along their way and they went and told the other disciples that Jesus Christ is alive and well. That's the charge that we have today. That's the call that we have. That's God's expectation of us. He expects us to go and tell somebody that Jesus Christ is alive. These two had lost hope. They were walking along the road wondering what it all meant. They had heard the good rabbi preach that he was going to be raised from the dead, but they didn't know where he was. They didn't have the strength and the faith to believe that his word was true. But he came along and he walked beside them and he talked with them and he opened their eyes. Let him open your eyes today. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. God will take care of you. Whatever he promised to do, he will never fail in doing it. Have a little talk with Jesus. At this time, we're going to ask you to listen as we have an invitational song and pray that your heart will be blessed. Mm -hmm. 